the Ticat Audio Network. This is Speaking with the Enemy. And free agency just one week away in the Canadian Football League, and we're continuing our look around the league and speaking with the enemy. And today's enemy, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And yes, they certainly are the enemy. Darren Bauman covers them for Bonfire Sports, and he's with us now. Uh, Darren, last time we saw the Bombers, last time I saw the Bombers, they were celebrating with a trophy on a, the, at Tim Hortons Field. And it looks like they're building to, to try and win a third one. Yeah, I, I imagine I imagine that was, uh, you know, some serious salt in the wound. Anytime you get an opportunity to host a championship game, a Grey Cup uh, and, and play on home field to, to not come away with the trophy for, you know, the tens of thousands of fans that were there, that that no doubt was uh, a tough pill to swallow for the Ticats. Who knows? We might see these two teams facing each other again, uh, you know, in just a matter of months uh, in Regina for Grey Cup 109 with just the, the way these teams are built, the bones, the culture, uh, what Orlando Steinauer has done, what Mike O'Shea has done. But yeah, you're right, Louis. No doubt what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have done um, early in free agency here is, uh, has shown them to, uh, you know, there, there's something there. There's a reason why Adam Big Hill comes back at less than $200,000 a year. The Jackson Jeffcoat does get a raise, but takes less money than he probably could have uh, gotten other places. Now there's reports Kenny Lawler, the 2021. CFL receiving leader, the only uh, receiver to hit a thousand yards this year, unquestionably Zach Kolaris's favorite target uh, during the season uh, is getting a quarter of a million dollar offer from the BC Lions who look to be with new ownership opening up the checkbook. So, you know, do you chase the check? Do you uh, stick with what you know? Um, you know, grass is greener, maybe not always on the other side, uh, but either way, um, you know, when it comes to the big names, uh, it's, it's, you know, no question, the Blue Bombers, the Cats, maybe even the Toronto Argonauts and the BC Lions that are kind of leading the conversation here, um, you know, as we approach free agency opening soon. How, how big of a fear was it in Winnipeg that, that maybe Zach Caleros would have tested the free agent market? What, what, what did you get from him after the season? Did you think he was going to, to maybe make it to February 8th? Uh, obviously he didn't, but uh, what was the sense uh, when it came to Zach at the end of the season? Well, with everybody, you know, uh, I, I think you, you kind of check your gut. And, and, you know, what's your gut going to tell you? And, and I had two schools of thought. If I can jam two entire schools into this little brain, Louie, and, and that was number one, okay, you got Zach Kolaris, who has had uh, an up and down career as far as what he's been able to accomplish on the field and, uh, you know, injuries and all of those sorts of things. Um, you know, for him to be an MOP, to do something uh, that he felt just short of with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and that's win a great cop and, and win an MOP and, and, and be the hero quarterback that he is obviously capable of being, that this was his opportunity uh, to, you know, take full advantage uh, of the type of caliber player he is and, and uh, the paycheck that goes with it. The other school of thought is, okay, you know, it's been Toronto and then Hamilton and then Saskatchewan and then Winnipeg or Toronto again and then Winnipeg. And, you know, that that road, that weary traveled road that is, uh, you know, being a number two quarterback or a starting quarterback and, uh, you know, marrying a, a Southern Ontario girl and, and wanting to establish a family and, and plant some roots and to, you know, maybe get a chance to, to go back there. Um but I think for Zach Kolaris, with having that crazy road, 
to know what he has in Winnipeg, to know that he can be successful here, to know that he's got good protection. You're not starting with a, you know, a, a more of a building franchise. Like, okay, do they got a right tackle? Do you know, do we got a strong run game? They, he knows what he has here in Winnipeg. He's got familiarity with the offensive system and, and OC Buck Pierce. I think for Zach Kolaris uh, at this juncture of his career, stability very much outweighs, um, you know, again, that greener grass on the other side. And I think for him, uh, it, it was kind of a no brainer. He's really, um, you know, connected with the culture and, and with the organization here with the Blue Bombers. You mentioned the word culture and, you know, with the, the Thai cats who have re-signed the Thai cats that I've talked to, a lot of them have, have preached the culture that, that Orlando Steinauer has created here and they, they don't want to play anywhere else. I have to imagine it's kind of the same situation with what Mike O'Shea has built in Winnipeg, what is it about that locker room? What is it about Coach O'Shea that players don't seem to feel the need to chase, you know, you know, not bigger paydays, but like you say, greener pastures elsewhere? It's kind of like a snowball effect, right? Where if you get certain players to buy in and know the value of what Mike O'Shea brings with the Blue Bombers organization values and, and holds true, everybody kind of follows along. And you know, you ask what it is about Mike O'Shea and the culture that attracts those players to want to stay. And it's exactly that. It's that, you know, they, they're treated like men. They're treated professionally and they're valued as human beings, not just, oh, you know, number 56. Oh yeah. Number 22. Like, like they're a man. They go to work, they do their job. And I think more than anything, they're not playing for the coach. They're not playing for their agent or their next contract. They're not playing just for the fans. They're playing for their teammates. They say it over and over again here in Winnipeg. I don't want to let my teammate down. I want to get on the field. I want to make my block. I want to make my catch. I want to make my tackle. Uh, I want to you know, ensure my assignment is sharp. So my teammate is proud of me. So I'm accountable to him lining up next to me or lining up on the other side of the ball during practice. I think that culture of, you know, uh, Mike O'Shea allowing the players to govern themselves in the locker room, Mike O'Shea, you know, says, I don't go in there. That's their space. And I think the players really value that, that, uh, you know, uh, the Adam Big Hills, the Willie Jeffersons, the Zach Kolaris, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Harris, Pat Newfeld, all of those Longtime veterans that know what it takes to win to know what it takes to be a professional, bring everybody along with them. And they don't have to look at, you know, a 55 year old man and be like, okay, am I doing what he wants me to do? It's my teammate right next to me. Am I doing what Adam Big Hill wants me to do? And I think that keeps them motivated to, to go to work and, and do a good job every day. And it becomes infectious. I think that's why uh, guys just want to, you know, keep the band together, uh, which the Blue Bombers have done now for a few years. Hey, you mentioned keeping the band together. Most of the offensive line is back. Obviously, Zach's back defensively. I mean, there's a, a lot of uh, continuation from what they've done the last two years. But you mentioned Lawler. He might be, you know, somebody who, who tests the free agent market and might be gone. Where do you see maybe a whole, maybe depth? Where do you think the, the, the Bombers will be the most active come this week in this legal tampering period and come February 8th when, uh, you know, when, when they can announce these things. I love how they call it the legal tampering. Yeah, period, I know, right? Very, <laughs> very CFL, but uh, yeah, like, it's an interesting time right now. You know, if I, I can't blame a guy for a second 
if he wants to work to secure his financial future in this fleeting professional football world where your career could be over tomorrow. So, you know, whether Kenny Lawler gets an opportunity in the NFL, he worked with, uh, worked out for um, the Atlanta Falcons a little while earlier. They signed DeAndre Alford, the Blue Bombers' most outstanding rookie from 2021, the defensive back, a heck of a player. Uh, I think those are two positions that might see a lot of change at receiver here in Winnipeg and at defensive back. Running back is another spot. What does the future hold for Andrew Harris? How will his body hold up through, you know, following a really injury plagued season in 2021? We know when he's healthy and and on the field, he's very hard to stop and and shows flashes of, I shouldn't even say flashes, but consistent streaks of of being the vintage player uh, that we know him to be in a future Hall of Famer. But Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine, two very talented Canadians. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep all three of those guys under contract going into this season. Um, you know, it, it goes beyond Lawler. Uh, you know, Dembski and, and Wolotarski, they're two Canadians, are under contract. But, you know, there's Rashid Bailey, there's Darvin Adams, there's some other veterans there um, that, that there could be uh, some changeover. But Kyle Walters has said it five years ago, as he said it to us uh, just over a week ago, Louis. He builds his team at the line of scrimmage. Job number one, when Christmas passed and it's okay, let's get down to business here, was secure the offensive line and the defensive line. Now he said he's moved on to defensive back. Brandon Alexander is a big free agent who underwent surgery, according to a report uh, from Farhan Lalji, could very likely miss a good chunk of the 2022 season. So that kind of adds a wrinkle to things. Um, missing out on DeAndre Alford, uh, Winston Rose reportedly re-signing as well. There, there, there's always change in defensive backfields in the CFL, no matter the team. Uh, but uh, th- that's obviously going to be one in addition to running back and receiver here in Winnipeg. We saw in the Grey Cup how important it is for how important it was for the Ticats to have two starting quarterbacks ready to go or two great yeah. quarterbacks ready to go. Uh, obviously we, 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 we know Zach and he was healthy all, but we, we also know that, and it's unfair to put the, you know, the injury prone on him, but you know, that being said, he has a history of concussions of head injuries. Uh, what's their quarterback depth chart look like? Could you see them, you know, trying to see what's out there to try and uh, kind of give Zach a, a little bit of cushion in practice? Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a it's a position group here in Winnipeg that often gets overlooked because of the star power of Zach Kolaris and, and the amazing story that he has been as their starter since taking over late in 2019 and, and making those uh, impressive runs to Grey Cup championships. But at number two and number three, they are, they've been question marks here in Winnipeg uh, really since Matt Nichols left and, and, and Chris Streveler departed to the NFL uh, as well. Um, Sean McGuire has shown great skill set, great poise and leadership, but in limited time in games, he has not shown, um, you know, a, a real punch or, or a bang for the for the buck. Uh, and then Drew Brown, who was on the practice roster last year, the Blue Bombers have re-signed him uh, and brought him back for 2022. Uh, whether they do the same for Sean McGuire and are comfortable with young and inexperienced and unproven uh, number two and number three behind Kolaris, we'll have to wait and see. What I wonder, Louie, is that there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement, as there often is in CFL off seasons. Trevor Harris, Jeremiah Mazzoli, uh, what's happening in Montreal, like Matthew Schiltz, there's reports over the last couple of days that he's going to hit the free agent market, a nice kind of veteran piece. You know, you can get through a game if you need him to or, or get some spot starts and still get some wins. Um, if Winnipeg wants to invest that money 
into a number two quarterback. Uh, I'm a little bit more cautious. I think I'm a little bit more cold on that. Uh, Winnipeg, as everybody can see, is spending a lot of money on Jamarcus Hardrick and Stanley Bryant, all pro offensive tackles. Jackson Jeffco and Willie Jefferson and Adam Big Hill. And I mentioned Brandon Alexander still needing uh, a deal and those talented running backs. There's a lot of high caliber players that they have to give, um, you know, worthwhile contracts to. They might take 10 or $15,000 less to stay in Winnipeg. They know they'll make very likely make that money back in playoff bonuses. Hmm. Uh, and, and they want to win championships, that being more valuable, like we were talking about. Uh, but in the end, can you spend money on, you know, a Justin Medlock again? Probably not. Can you spend money uh, on a $150,000 uh, number two quarterback? Probably not. That's why I'm cautious Winnipeg uh, would potentially be in the market there. You got to find value uh, where uh, the potential for value is. And, and to me, that's a young quarterback that can step in and win. Darren, always appreciate catching up. Nice to see the uh, the champs are still, and I, I say that, I mean, not reluctantly, they are the champs, but uh, nice to see that they're continuing to build up and it's always great for the uh, CFL as the Bombers trying to become the first three-peat since Edmonton won five in a row from 78 to 82. Can they do it? We will have to wait and see. Darren Bombing of Bonfire Sports, thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Good to be with you, Louie. Thanks, man.